0: Now, when you're in leadership, you're in authority. And you got to do everything you can to strengthen that authority in your life. You know, there's been a time where I threw a pizza party for my employees and I brought in a 48-ounce porterhouse. And they watched me eat it. Just tell your employees you explored the moon. Tell them you were there. Now, there's times you got to raise your voice to people. You gather your things and you get out! Leave! I went to the taxidermist and bought a crocodile and brought it to work and wrestled that thing to the ground and everybody was clapping, everybody was cheering, sea bass, sea bass. It's the last week you have to see that. Last time you have to see that video right there. Uh, yeah, like yeah, we're done with that. I know it's hard to follow that. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor, it's great to see you today and uh, to be with you this weekend. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me back to Matthew chapter uh, eight. We picked, we started there last week. Matthew chapter eight. We're going to get back to that uh, this week. And again, uh, as we are just have taken three weeks to kind of talk about. Leadership. I I hope that this has been of help to you and very, very applicable to you. And uh, I, uh, I also encourage you to uh, this week to invite someone with you uh, to Easter next weekend to the Easter service. And even if you're out of town, if you're uh, something's happening because uh, maybe there's a spring break or there's somewhere you're you're having to be, uh, to invite someone still yet just to come because there's people are more apt to come on a Easter or Christmas weekend or service than any other time during the year. And uh, and so again, extend your influence, extend your leadership, and simply do that this this, this coming week. Um, I want to kind of wrap, kind of uh, kind of re- rehearse a little bit, and uh, I may be a little bit more brief than normal. I have been—I don't know what I have, but I have something, and so I'm just trying to really get through it. If you guys can pull back the sound a little bit too, it's reverberating really bad. Uh, I appreciate that, guys. But uh, I'm going to, so just pardon my voice if I don't get super, if I get to uh, where I'm super, uh, um, uh, how do I, I don't even know, I'm, I'm on a lot of medicine right now, I'm somewhat loopy, does that make sense? Yes? So I may say something really, really funny, and you'll be glad that you were here, hopefully I won't, but, but I'm going to try to just to kind of get through my notes, and, and at the same time not uh, strain my voice too much so I can get through to the next two services uh, tomorrow, but um, we're kind of going back over to kind of rehearse what leadership is. And so if you've been here for the last two weeks, you, you've received this information. If you haven't, this will kind of help catch you up to kind of on-ramp onto where we are today about leading other people. But leadership in its basic form is influence. Uh, and that's what it is. Leadership is influence. And everybody is leading somebody. Uh, you are leading yourself. We talked about that last week and leadership is leading others. We're going to talk about that today. And I think that probably the, the most difficult form of leadership is self-leadership, when you're having to lead you. Uh, and I really uh, hope that you take that to heart because um, when you can learn to lead yourself, you really truly can lead other people. Uh, but when you can't lead yourself, it's very hard to lead anybody else because there's no moral authority or integrity in which to do so. And the key to being, uh, to leading yourself, the key to self-leadership is to be a person Under authority. To be a person that's under authority. Uh, You have to learn how to do that. And that means that that's that word we talked about last weekend, which is submission. To be under authority means I'm submitted. I'm under. I I have submitted myself. I've given up my rights. Uh, Submission is not something you can demand from someone. It's something that someone has to give. And and we see this played out in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, which is where we kind of left off last week and where we're going to pick up uh, this week as well, just on this whole subject of of leadership. And so let's begin reading in verse 5. When Jesus entered into Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself... I'm a man under authority, so self-leadership. And he's also now denoting that he's a person of authority. With soldiers under me, I tell this one to go, and he goes, and this one to come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was truly amazed and said to those following him, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So again, we, we ended there last week. We, we read that passage last week and, and we talked about the, the key to, to self-leadership is to be someone who's under authority and that the centurion was not just a person of authority but under authority. Now, the flip side of that's also true. If you're going to lead other people, not just yourself, the key to leading other people is to be a person of authority. You have to walk in the authority that you've been given. And if you're going to lead other people, you have to be a person of authority Notice in verse 9, that the centurion, Not only does he say that he's a man under authority, but he also speaks of the authority in which he has. And that is that he has, uh, he has two different groups of people that he's speaking into, that he's leading, uh, the servant and the soldier. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute because I, I want to speak about this subject. There's a difference between authority and, and between power. Uh, and authority is given power or control authority would be given power or control, um, which is different than power. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a second, but I just want you to understand that, that if I have authority, which means I have the right, I have been endued with power, I have been given the the permission, I have been given control. And and that works two ways, um, to lead other people you're given control or you're given authority uh, in two in two fashions. one is formally, so if you become a uh, a CEO of a company, all of a sudden you are given authority to make certain decisions and so and there are certain things that go along with being the CEO of that corporation uh, that you have and it, it may be a marked parking space, it may be the, uh, an office it, it may be a salary, it may be a position at a table it may be there's certain physical things. if that's all you have then you just have a title. You, you, you've got to also operate with, with, within the, the confines or with the authority, with the power that's been given you. But there are certain things that kind of denote that. And so we, all, we get that when there's a coach or, or there's a teacher or there's a leader or there's a, uh, there's a boss or there's a management. Uh, but, but there's also then another way that authority is given, and that's relationally. So family, you, you don't really get a right to the family that you're born into. You don't really get a say in who your mom and dad is, right? Amen. Uh, you, you, don't get, you don't get a say in your kids, so to speak. I mean, you can determine whether you have kids or not, but you don't necessarily get to determine who, who, what, what your kids are going to be like. I mean, you, you lead them and you direct them and you guide them, but ultimately we're all free moral agents. And so, so there's that. But, but, but family, there, there is an authority structure that's there. But then there's also relationships like friendships and people that we choose to marry. And those are people, those relationships, we are giving them authority in our lives. That's why it's so important. Uh, You know, I I, uh, have two daughters, and and I joke with them. uh, One is old enough to date. The other one is not. Um, And uh, and so it's the simple thing is this, is that uh, proven statistic, you will marry someone whom you've dated. So be careful whom you date. And the reality is, is that because when you are in a relationship with someone, you're giving them a certain amount of authority. You're giving them a certain amount of power. You're giving them a certain amount of right or control in your life. When you get involved in business with someone, you're giving them a certain amount of authority or power or right or control. When you go play on someone's team or, or you work for somebody's company, you're given a certain amount of right or power or authority. When, when you attend a certain church, you're given a certain right and power and authority. When, when, you, when you involve yourself relationally with, with certain people, uh, With, you choose, whomever they may be you're giving right power and authority in your life and you get to choose that and so thus it goes back to I need to make sure that I'm a person under authority so I'm leading myself properly so that everything's right here so that when I'm dealing with other relationships and other choices that I'm making be it maritally be it friendship or be it work or be it strategic relationships that are going to help me professionally I'm in relationships. I'm in relation with those people. Thus, I'm in authority with them. Thus, I'm giving them a certain amount of authority in my life. It's funny to me how people will gripe and get upset about people whom they give authority to, who they will complain. And it's like, hey man, you you picked this. Nobody put a gun to your head. You don't have to do this. You didn't have to marry that person, but you did. Sorry, you're not really good choice, but Hey, it's what you got right so or or hey, you know you you you're the one that struck this deal, or hey, you decided this is what you want to do, or hey, you wanted to leave this school and go to this school or you wanted to leave this job and go to this job you we we do that in in our lives, and so authority is something that is given, and if you're leading other people, there's two different types of people that you'll lead, and it shows it in this passage here, especially in verse nine, there's a whole lot in verse nine, but one is what we would call followers, and this is pretty. This is pretty understandable. Hey, if I'm a leader, I have followers, right? If a guy or a gal says they're leading and nobody's following, they're just taking a walk. Well, followers. So, in, in, in this particular, we, we see they're, they're servants. Uh, the New American Standard calls them slaves. The NIV calls them servants. And, and the King James calls them servants. And, and these are, he says, to the servant or to the slave, in our context, to the follower, I would say do and they do. So followers need directives, they need commands, they need to tell them to do this, and they do this, and that's why followers need leaders, there will always be a need for leadership in the world in which we live in, because there will always be a certain amount of people that just simply, they don't want the pressure, they don't want the responsibility, they don't want to, they don't have the bandwidth, whatever it may be, to step up and to lead, to lead themselves, or to lead uh, other people, and so they need someone in their life that says, "Hey." you do this. So uh, this is really simple. When a kid is, when you have a child that's elementary age, you tell them do this and they do that uh, for the most part. Teenage years, they completely don't do that at all, right? About 14, you've lost your mind, mom and dad. About 21, you are just thinking amazingly brilliant. Uh, So I'm told I'm waiting for that day. So, so what, what happens though is you, you can give commands and there's directives that need to be. And so there's a lot of people in your world, if you're leading or you want to lead, that you need to be able to help them, show them what to do. I I need this done, and let's do this and do this and do this. And so there are people that you do that, and those are followers. But that's not the only kind of people that you lead. You also lead leaders. So the centurion says, I have soldiers. They're different than servants. Servants, all servants know are to be told to do something, and they do it. Do this, and they do it. Do this, and they do it. If you're in any kind of management at all, if you if you run anybody at all, if you have any employees that you are leading at all, you, you get this. There are some people that work with you or work for you that you simply, they just need to be told what to do. Do this, and they can do it. Do this, and they can do it. But when they're done with whatever that task is, they don't know what else to do. Then you have another set of leaders. They don't need to be told what to do. They don't need directives. They're leaders, they have a certain amount of leadership in them, and, and, and what they need is more direction. That's what leaders need. Give me direction. Tell me which way you want this to go, tell me how you'd like for this to look, tell me what, tell me, give me the vision as a leader. So if I'm leading leaders, I'm giving them the vision. Here's where we're trying to go with this. Here's why we're trying to go this way. Here's the values behind this event. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. And then I give them the ball and let them run with it because they don't need directives. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. They don't need a task list of 20 things. They need direction. They need a picture. They need a vision. They need inspiration that's given. And then they need to be released to go do what they're called to do. The soldier understood that. He understood, and so the centurion says to this one I say go, and he goes, and this one come, and he comes. I'm giving him directional commands. I'm not giving him directives. Directives are do. Directional are, 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 are go and come. And so I'm saying this is I need you to go here. I need you to go over there. This other, the other command is I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And, and both respond to authority, but neither respond necessarily to power. This is all going to make sense in a minute. If I'm going to lead other persons, other people, that's a big responsibility. I mean I need to be a person not just under authority where I'm leading myself, but of authority where I'm leading both followers, people that need direction, directives, and I'm leading leaders who just simply need direction those parties, those individuals will both respond to authority, but they don't necessarily respond to power. There's a difference between authority and power. Even in the Bible, there's this, the word that's used here in verse nine of authority is completely different than the word that would be used for power. Power is dunamis. Um, I I can spell it. It's X-O-U-I-U-S-A is the Greek word. I cannot for the life of me remember how to pronounce that. And and with my Arkansas vernacular, I won't try to do that. But that's the word that's given to authority. They're two different words. See, power, let me me give you the illustration between power and authority. They're different. It's like a semi-truck and a traffic cop. The semi-truck has power to basically go where he wants to go and do what he wants to do. But the traffic cop, although he is smaller, he doesn't have the the same amount of, of physical power that the semi. As the traffic cop stands in the middle of the road with his hand halted towards the semi that's coming towards him, he has authority. And authority trumps power every day of the week. Because it's not who that, who that individual, that traffic cop, it's not just them. It's what they represent. It's the authority. It's the power that's been given to them. And so the reality is, is that sometimes we get enamored with power. And in the world in which we live and we say, well, if I have power, then I have authority. No, 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 no. They're mutually exclusive. Just because I have power doesn't mean I have authority. And I cannot have authority unless I've been given power. But just because I have power doesn't mean I have authority. Michael Jordan is a powerful individual. And if Michael Jordan walked into this room, he would people would take pictures and would stop and I probably would as well. I'd have him on the platform probably. The reality he's powerful. But he has no authority in which to do anything in the service. I am not a powerful person as is Michael Jordan, but I as the pastor of the church have authority in this setting. Does that make sense? He may have power, but I have authority. And so authority will always trump power every day of the week. And what happens is, is, is that when we are going to lead people, we've got to make sure that we're not just trying to be powerful. We're not just trying to display our power. It's not about a power trip. It's about walking in the authority, walking in the, in the control, walking in the leadership that's been given. Authority is given power authority. And so this is illustrated eloquently in the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 12. If you want to turn there, you can. If you don't, it will be on the screen. 1 Kings chapter 12, it's a story of of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the king who followed his father Solomon, who followed his father David. So it's David's grandson. King David, great king of Israel. Solomon, King Solomon, uh, David's son, uh, was the wisest man who ever walked the earth according to the, according to the Bible. Rehoboam becomes king and follows his father Solomon. And at this point in Israel's history, it was the most powerful and it was the most wealthy the, the, the nation had ever been at, at, in, historically. And as Rehoboam begins to lead the nation of Israel, he inquires of, what he, of how he'll lead. And verse four says that the people come to him and they ask him this, your father, Solomon, put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke that he put on us and we will serve you. So Rehoboam basically asked for three days to respond to these questions and to seek wisdom from his advisors. And so the decision was basically what kind of leader would he be? Solomon was powerful, but David walked with authority there's a difference. They followed David because he had authority, but they, but but they, but they were under Solomon because of his power. And they're coming to Rehoboam and saying, if you will, but just, just treat us with authority. We'll, we'll follow you, but just don't be heavy-handed. Don't try to exert your power on us. Don't try to power up on us. And so, Two different views emerge from two different groups of advisors that Rehoboam inquires of, and the Bible shows it to us. One was a group of elders, wise men, and this is what they said to him in verse 7. If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. If you'll walk in authority, Rehoboam, the authority that's given to you as the king of Israel, if you'll walk in that authority and don't power up on them, but just simply serve them, man, they'll always serve you. Because nobody likes anybody on a power trip. Nobody. I don't, you don't, no one likes that. But we all admire people who have been given authority and they serve. Servant leadership. It's what Jesus did. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve the last supper. He takes a towel and takes it from around his waist and, and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. And he says for them to do that in the same manner, which he's doing that to them, for them to also do that to the people that will follow them because they are to be servants of the people. They are to serve that that's what that means. So, so this whole ideology is not new. And, and, and so, so this is some good advice that he's getting from some very wise men because they've seen the difference between authority under David and power under Solomon. The second group of advisors come, and these are younger men. These are men that, uh, that they would be upwardly mobile. Uh, they're very power-driven guys. And they suggest him to power up on the people. Verse number 10 and 11 of 1 Kings chapter 12. Tell these people, My father laid a heavy yoke, laid on you a heavy yoke, but I will make it even heavier. For my father scourged you with whips, but I will scourge you with scorpions. You think you've seen power? You wait till high I reign. That's what they told him to do. As you read the rest of chapter 12 and and, and read on, you see that Rehoboam chooses not to listen to the servant style, to walk in the authority of the office and to serve the people, but rather to walk in the power of the office and power up on the people. And in doing so, the people basically revolt. He chooses power over authority and inevitably he loses irrevocable control over the kingdom and it's divided and he ultimately loses it. We are all faced, if we're leaders, with these types of decisions. How am I going to lead? Again, I'm not saying this because I think I'm trying to be nice to everybody. I truly believe that leadership is influence. And influence isn't, isn't I agree, Mark Sanborn, who's a, a public speaker and a writer and an author, uh, talks a lot about this, that you don't have to be, have a title to be a leader. And I completely agree with that. Because I think leadership is beyond title. It's, it's influence. And I think everybody has influence. And I can statistically and, and scientifically prove that to you, but I just see it. I can point it out. I think sometimes we shirk from that, that responsibility because we don't want that responsibility. We don't want the weight of that responsibility, and I understand that. But truly, as Christ followers, we're called to follow the example of Jesus, and that's the lead. We're called to, the Bible says that we're a royal priesthood, a peculiar nation, a people that have been chosen and set forth by God. We're called to lead. We're called to, first of all, lead ourselves. But secondly, we're called to lead others. We're, we're called to be a voice for people that don't have a voice, right? James, the book of James says that pure and undefiled religion is to do what? Take care of the widows and the orphans. To give a voice, to give leadership, to walk in authority of those that don't have that. We're called to do that. We can't advocate that if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ we're called jesus says to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel we're commissioned that's why it's called the great commission thus we're given authority the bible says we're given leadership the bible says to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel why do you think we're so we're so passionate about missions at life church because we're commissioned we're given authority to walk there and i encounter people sometimes who go well aren't you scared sometimes you're in certain places of the world if something's going to happen sure But I remember what Paul says in the New Testament, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Father. Everybody wants to go to heaven, we just don't wanna go now. It's true. But the reality is, is I gave up my rights to myself a long time ago. I gave up my rights to my physical body a long time ago. I I gave up my rights a long time ago. So when I go on a missions trip or when I lead students on a mission trip or when I go and preach the gospel anywhere in the world, I'm going in not in my authority, I'm not powering up. I'm going in the authority that's given to me by Jesus Christ to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. Why? Because I'm a leader and that's what leaders do. They lead, they influence. And so what happens in the world in which we live in is they want your voice to be cut out. Speaking of voices being cut down, I'm going to have to have a little something to drink. I told you I can't get too excited. I got to kind of keep it down. And the reality is, is that you and I have been given authority to walk and to lead. And we need to do that. Not power. We're not trying to power up on people. But we're to walk in the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, not in our power, but in his power, not in my might, but in his might, not in my strength, but in his strength. And in doing so, we truly do lead. Now, these principles work. You can basically take chapter and verse out of it, and they work. Take them to your office, take them to your next management meeting, spin it around a little bit, they work, because all truth is God's truth. It works. You can look at it spiritually which is how I'm serving it up to you, and it works. But at the end of the day, really, it's about me making a decision to, to the best of my ability, lead myself. And then to take whatever influence that I have to lead others. Whether I lead a handful of people, or whether I lead thousands or tens of thousands, to lead them under the authority that God's given me. See, there's a lot of powerful, powerful people in this world. If I were to ask you to, to tell me, hey man, name, give me the, 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 the names of the five wealthiest people in the world. G- give me the name of, of the last five Heisman Trophy winners. The last five Miss America winners. The last five Nobel Peace Prize winners. The last five Oscar winners. The last five World Series winners. Powerful people. They have power. But do they really lead you? Do they really take that power and lead you? Because now if I were to ask you to name three teachers that impacted your life. Name three friends who stood with you during a tough time. Name five people who taught you something worthwhile in living. Name five people who make you feel special or appreciated. Name five people that you just love to spend time with. Name three people that would be heroes in your world. Or name the last person that believed in you. Those people may not be powerful household names, but they're influential because you've given them authority in your life and so is true of you you Matthew chapter 5 says are a city that's set on a hill you shine as a beacon as a light you are the salt of the earth you're the flavor that gives you you're what gives this world flavor you're what preserves this world you're what's good about the world in which we live in Jesus says, therefore, go and shine your light. Go and be the salt. What's he saying? Go and lead. Not because you're powerful, but because you have authority to do so. Lead. Influence. Who cares if your name's ever in lights, if it's ever on the cover of a magazine, or if anybody knows you? Who cares whether your net worth goes beyond 100 bucks? Just lead. Why? Because that's the authority that he's given you to do. And so I pray. That we will lead. Lead. That's the reason why we've been talking the last several weeks about it, simply just taking this card and inviting someone. It's easy to do, but how many times do we just don't do that? Because I don't feel like I can do it, because I don't feel like I can lead. But I'm telling you, you can. I'm telling you that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm telling you that you have influence and take the influence that God's given you and leverage it, not for your benefit, but for his benefit, for the kingdom. Walk in the authority that God's given you and just simply lead because you are an influencer. You're an influencer. I want to pray for us today and just simply pray that God will help us to serve well the people that we lead. I know there's a lot of you at Life Church, you're in leadership positions in your jobs, and that God will help you. Um, and I also want to pray that God will just bless us as a church as we try to lead in the world in which we're in to influence it for the, for the cause of Jesus.